0: I'm back from vacation, y'all. Can't wait for Dave to explain to me what the hell went on over the last 10 or so days in Leafland. And then we got a Pierre Engvall revenge game to preview tonight as the Leafs head to the island. Let's get to it. You're Locked On Maple Leafs,
1: your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome into the March 20th edition of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. You're one top chopper for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother, on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA Lockdown Leafs, a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from. Also, check us out on YouTube. That's Leafs on youtube hit subscribe we got new content coming out each and every weekday monday through friday dave you held down the fort the last 10 days or so appreciate it getting the content out to the good listeners uh and viewers of the show um what 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 did i miss in leafland it seems like things are just a little bit different than when i I left yeah
1: just uh just a tad different we got uh you know Kylian Croak is just a goal scoring machine right yep. now.
0: Top line dynamo. Yep.
1: Top line dynamo. Uh blue lead to the Sabres, which was a little no bueno on that one there.
0: Well, that um, happens all the time. That's that's no difference.
1: Yeah, Matt Murray continues to allow a lot of goals, but he did get a win. And so that's that's a that's a positive there. Lead. The lead. He,
0: he, he, he played. He 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 started the game, he finished yeah. the game. He anyway, made a lot of saves. I made a lot of saves.
1: He need probably needed an ice pack after that game, especially the shootout. Holy that shootout! And uh, yeah, just it, it was a it was a weird time because you had that amazing game against the Oilers, then the loss to the Sabers, a very bore. I'm gonna call a boring game against the Avs. and then you know St. Patty's weekend. You got the I, I thought a really decent win over the Hurricanes. Like that one was a pretty much were. He, they saw this as a team in the long you know, one of those t- contenders for the Stanley cup, we got to show up against them. And, and they certainly did like that, that, that to me, out of all the games in that stretch where you're gone, that hurricanes one was by far their best one.
0: Yeah. It's, it's that, that was a game that was probably just a big measuring stick game. Like where, where do we stack against the top teams in the East? Obviously, you know, the Boston's and Tampa's are in that conversation, but, you know, so's Carolina Hurricanes, who I believe at this time are still number one in their division, if not uh, second to to Jersey. But they're right there, could very well win the division, and could be a, an opponent for the Maple Leafs at some point in the playoffs if both teams go on a run. So I'd imagine that that game, you know, held a lot of weight and coming away with the victory is is always nice. And then, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, I, I got a chance to watch a little bit of the of the Sens game at the very least, and you know, Matt, it was the Matt Murray show. Yeah, we we weren't sure, like jokingly, weren't sure if he was going to play in that game just based on what had happened two times prior. He was supposed to start against the Ottawa Senators earlier this year. But, you know, he did start. He played. He played. Very well, I might add. Had a couple of bad bounces yeah. go against him. So, like the four goals, I didn't think necessarily was indicative on how well he played. He was tested a lot, was 52 shots plus nine rounds of uh of of a shootout. So, you know, faced was 60 pucks ish in that game. So yeah, um, and came away with the W after all that. So so I thought that it was great. The other thing that it it, it appears that Heart level Austin Matthews is back. Dave, is this true? Did I,
1: did I, did I leave that part out? Did I leave out the part where Austin Matthews, it was revealed that it was a little bit of a hand boo-boo that was giving him some trouble during the season. And now, yeah, he's back to being looking like heart. I wouldn't say back to being completely, but he is looking very much like he's back getting back to being that heart level player. And, Good on Jonas Siegel for uh, cracking the mystery there. We we kind of assumed that something wasn't right there, yeah, and we never really heard anything. And I mean, I'll give credit to Matthews for disclosing that because some players don't like disclosing those sort of uh, issues that they're dealing with.
0: Was it the hand or the wrist? Like, it wasn't a reaggravation of his wrist surgery he had last year, was it?
1: No, I. It was. It was his. Uh, it was his hand that was the problem.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. It was a hand
1: injury that hampered him this season. It didn't, it didn't really, it was just like one of those like bumps and bruises, but that was the one that was giving him the most trouble.
0: So Matthews is back on track. And, and, and to me, that was kind of priority number one. Like when I left, I I was thinking to myself, you know, this guy's got to get going here because it's, it's almost go time. And, you know, he's been rather quiet for the most of the season to his standards. I mean, still having a good season as like a, if he was a regular nhler but he's not he's a superstar and he was having a down year by his standards that he set for himself so him getting back on track that's big for this team and uh morgan riley is the other name that i kept reading about and seeing tweets about saying morgan riley's game is starting to start to improve did, did is 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 this also true or is this uh false information that i've been gathering dave
1: well, he's starting to put the puck in the net, which is what he w- he's being paid to do. Like, not always scoring, but getting those offensive chances and, you know, getting those points. But I think his best game was the one against the the Avalanche, you know. It was a very tight defensive matchup, and he played probably his best defensive game I have seen him play all season. And the the offense and him scoring in a few games and you know starting to really get that shot and and t- having the confidence I think the big one was having the confidence to take those offensive opportunities to go down. I think uh, there was someone on the Discord uh, that said, "Oh, he looked good on the right on the left wing." There was one chance he had where he skated as a looked like he was a winger and he scored, and I kind of laughed and I'm just like, "Yeah, but his defense has come along." Like th- that was probably. This this week was probably the best week that I think Morgan Riley has had this season for sure.
0: And and it looks like they're putting him in position to succeed though, because yeah. I did go and take a look and um in in the week and a half that I was gone or since pretty well I think when I looked at the numbers I may have even been looking all the way back to the trade deadline, um which is less than a week difference anyways no defenseman had fewer defensive zone starts than morgan riley so they're making sure that when they do put him out there he's in favorable matchups either in the neutral zone or preferably in the offensive side of the ice and and you know his minutes have gone down a little bit um and they're just making sure that they can try and rebuild his confidence by putting him in those favorable positions you could call it you know, um, coddling, or you could call it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Sheltering, right? The yeah. sheltered minutes, which, you know, it's, it's not... Wouldn't be wrong to say, I think, when you look at the way that they are using him. But I think just to get his confidence back, it, it may have been necessary to do so. And then hopefully he's he's kind of back to being, you know, the Moe of old, the guy who scored 20 goals three years ago and the guy who has confidence with the puck you know breaking out of his own end and and distributing it up to the big boys up top and allowing them to do their thing. So um it's it's nice to to hear that he seems to be looking like he's gaining, you know, his swagger back a little bit and hopefully it continues through uh through to the playoffs cuz uh, we got 13 games left. That's it. 13 games yeah. to get things sorted out and and there's still like so much line juggling. That's been going on, and you know, I, I just go and I took a look at the the lines from all the games that I missed, and I'm like, "Jesus, Louise, we we've had probably like ten different D pairings, and you know, probably ten or so different forward groupings as well." Since you know the the, the six games that I missed when I went on vacation, or so, so um, lots of uh, lots of things to still be determined in the final thirteen games, I guess we could say. Uh, One of which will be against the New York Islanders, which will be, uh, you know, Tuesday night, the Leafs heading back onto the island. Pierre Engvall hosting his team, a little bit of a revenge game. John Tavares goes back onto the island. You know, that's always a hostile crowd for him. So we'll kind of tee up that game. We got some practice updates from Monday as well that we should get into on the other side. So all that more coming up uh, on the show. But first, Dave, have a word from one of our show sponsors.
1: Yes, and uh, today's show episode is brought to you by a product that I use literally every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop in a cup of water every day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to help start your day right. This special of ingredients supports your gut health, Nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, aging all of those things. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free trial packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Lease Podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. I'm happy to be back, Dave. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to have you back. A little bit of time away. Um and it is funny because when you when you miss you miss a chunk of time and like I was on a boat and you've been on cruises, like you you're you don't really know what's going on It's civilization. Um I kind of unplugged for for a little bit there. Like I didn't end up buying the internet package. I, I would go and kind of tether into the one that like one of my my parents got for work purposes at night when I would just check the scores. So I was pretty much relegated to just checking box scores at the end of the night. So I didn't get a chance to, to look at a whole lot, but um, you know, like I said, there, there seems to be, you know, some different things that are happening in practice and things that have gone on over the course of the last uh, 10 days or so. And one of the things that I I had missed and and read about was Noel injury that he sustains Friday night. Didn't play the game on Saturday, but did return to practice um, on Monday and looks like he will play against the New York Islanders. So a crisis averted there. So Noel is okay. A little bit more of a suspect situation with TJ Brody. However, who was not at practice today, and it came out after Sheldon Keefe said, uh, you know, he sat out today, took a blocked shot against the Ottawa Senators, missed practice. It will be a game time decision against the Islanders uh, in the game later tonight. So, um, you know, a TJ Brody injury is is not what this team needs right now. Definitely not what this team needs.
1: No, uh, I'll say that I didn't know. I couldn't pinpoint when exactly this block shot occurred. There were a lot of shots on that in the game. So try to pinpoint when exactly the block shot happened. I couldn't really figure it out. But uh, yeah, because like TJ Brody, we know he's been the constant. He's been the guy that's ca- kind of kept everything even keel. Um, I guess this is why you have eight potential NHL defensemen that you can put into the lineup If someone's banged up, like, you know, on Saturday, they didn't play Marcher Dano on the back to back. They gave Gustafson wasn't in. Like they, they have that luxury now that they didn't have in years in you know in past years. So I would say that if Brody is nowhere close to being, if Brody is dealing with anything lingering, let him have the game off. And you know, Sheldon Keith has said he wants to get the defenseman going. Eleven and seven has been a very dominant conversation the last little while because Sheldon Keith has been wanting to keep the defenseman kind of going. He didn't want them sitting for too long. Well. Easiest way to not keep guys sitting is also not playing guys when they're not a hundred percent either.
0: Yeah. I, although TJ Brody's a different beast. Like, Oh yeah. You, you can't know, it's
1: easier Brody easily.
0: That's the problem, right? Like any, literally I think any other defenseman, not that they're replaceable, but I think you could get by with them out of the lineup and, and guys can fill in enough. I look at TJ Brody and what he brings to the team and and they don't have another TJ Brody. Right. I think that's kind of somewhat is is the issue. Like he's such a safety blanket on the back end. He, you know, he's got a good first pass who can break the puck out, but he's just stellar defensively all the time. um, Wins a lot of one-on-one battles. And, you know, he's just someone who's really smart and, and, you know, is easy to play with. And he's all often the guy who, Oh, this guy's not playing Well, Morgan Riley's struggling. Well, let's put him back with TJ Brody and and get him going, get his confidence up. What's that? Justin Hall's not playing well. All right, let's chuck TJ Brody back on that pairing. What? We want uh, Jake McCabe to acclimate himself more easily into this lineup. Okay, well, let's chuck him with TJ Brody and and allow that to happen. So, you know, hopefully this is just, uh, you know, it it is a day-to-day thing. It's not expected to be anything serious, but uh, definitely you don't like to see, that name in particular on the blue line to be um, associated and affiliated with the injury report and the fact that he missed practice today and is a game time decision against the Islanders. You just, you don't love to see it obviously. So um, definitely something to track throughout the day to see if, if TJ Brody does get in Um, in practice, however, Eric Gustafson did take his place alongside Morgan Riley. So you got Gustafson and Mo as a pairing, um, McCabe and Lilligren gets another shot, and then Giordano and uh, and and Justin Hall were uh, the third pair at practice today. But I want to look at that Riley and Gustafson pairing. Like, is is that something you think you you feel comfortable with? Because I don't know how comfortable I feel about those <laughs> two on the ice and, together at the same time.
1: Sorry, while I get a little bit of that uh, regurgitation in my chest, hearing a uh, uh, Morgan Rally, Eric Gustafson pairing when none of those guys really like to play a lot of defense.
0: Oh, that
1: God. like that to me screams like placeholder Gustafson for Brody. I like you're gonna really play Gustafson over Shen in that situation, like. Are we, are we like, is that what's going to happen there? I, I don't like, I don't know. Again, is this Sh- Sheldon Keep again saying, I don't want to keep Eric Gustin out of the lineup too long, but yeah, that wouldn't be a great pairing, to, especially on the road where you don't get to dictate matchups and the Islanders will definitely look at that pairing and see, okay, let's, uh, let's see what we can do to expose this a little bit.
0: Yeah. The good thing is like the Islanders not the most offensively gifted team. So there's no. not really a chance for them to um, exploit Toronto a whole lot. Like, yeah, Bo Horvat's added a lot to that team. Like, Barzell's out. So he's not in that game. Wallstrom's not going to be in the game either. So, you know, they're, they, eh, we'll see what happens in, in, in this one, obviously. But hopefully TJ Brody is good to play. If not, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see who ends up getting the, the assignment next to uh, next to Morgan Riley, whether it's Gus like he did in practice today, or if it's Luke Shen who uh, might get in there, maybe Connor Timmons who was back, you know, and in a practice today with no Brody. So he was skating as the eighth defenseman um, once again. So maybe he gets an opportunity at some point here, but um, nonetheless, hopefully nothing's wrong. And TJ Brody can play in that game alongside Morgan Riley and, and continue to, allow Riley to excel and and get back to to what he needs to be. Um, The other thing coming out of practice today, Ilya Samsonov um, expected to start tomorrow. However, Joseph Wall remains with the team because Samsonov wife's still expecting a child at some point here. And, uh, well, if she pops out a baby at some point, he will have to depart for fatherly duties in which uh, they'll have that third goaltender kind of hanging around, and and uh, he'll either most likely back up, I would assume, Matt Murray in that case if, if Samsoff can't go. But uh, he is the projected starter. Um, I do want to ask you, though, about Matt Murray's game the other night uh, since we're on the topic of goaltenders, and we haven't really broken down that game yet um, from Ottawa. But, you know, he was great. And the fact that he played and and, you know, started – the game finished the game and and got the win and did it pretty convincingly just he had to he was the best player on the ice probably for toronto not named matthews and yarn but probably was still the best player on the ice um how big do you think that was for him and his competence moving forward just just playing that game and finishing it and ultimately just like getting the win
1: yeah, it's funny cuz like Sheldon Keith said like Matt Murray doesn't need confidence and I'm like okay, you can say that. You're trying to say that, you know, your goaltender isn't dealing with any uh, confidence issues, but like let's be honest here when you see how he's like performed in the other two games, like not the best. Like you would expect a little bit more out of him. Um like that game, that's that's the Matt Murray that you are going to need if he's called upon in the playoffs. And I say if, because I think you see how Samsonov has been playing. It's, it should be clear that he is the game one starter in the playoffs right now, just based on what he's been doing. And I think for Murray, you need to show, you need to at least push in some way to show that you can, uh, you can make it a conversation. I know it's it's going to be a conversation regardless. Uh, even if Matt Murray, you know, isn't playing the best, people are going to always have that conversation because of the Leafs faith in Matt Murray, but that game against the Senators. Yeah. Like the Leafs at times should not have been in that game because the Senators were on them right from the start and right until the end, even over time. Like Murray got, got lucky a little bit, but he was also like really good. So I know that a lot of people have had their jokes about Matt Murray, have had their issues with Matt Murray. But at the end of the day, if you have both Murray and Samsonov playing this well, it's a good problem to have.
0: Yeah, it is. And and I was looking at the numbers today. Jonas Siegel in The Athletic puts out a, a Monday morning Leaf report. And, um, you know, he was just talking about the the consistency in goal. And, you know, it's just been they've had e- above league average goaltending each and every month of the season. There hasn't been a single month where the Maple Leafs goaltending has been average or worse. Every single month it's been better than average and what do we say coming into the year if they can get average to slightly above average goaltending this team could do some damage and it's exactly what they're getting out of Samsonov. and when healthy matt murray joseph wall is given good games even eric shalgren has given them you know some good games uh in in the 10 or so starts that he's had this year um so goaltending although it's like been a, a big question mark all season long um it's 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 been fairly stable. I, I think is is fair to say. I think they're what third in the NHL in goals against, like per sixty, like it's pretty pretty good. Like when you look at their numbers, the goaltending numbers.
1: Yeah, and when you look at you know when you consider that everybody was saying that the Leafs goaltending could be the issue when it comes to the, the season and. You know, Kyle Dewis is hedging his bets on Samsonov, who needed to rebound after a pretty poor season in uh, in Washington. And you have Murray, who has been hasn't been able to stay healthy, and his play was pretty mediocre in Ottawa. And everybody was concerned about that. And yet, that has probably been the least concerning part of the Leafs' season is their goaltending, because there hasn't been a stretch like last year where you couldn't you couldn't pick a starter to go in that like there was just the Leafs didn't have to deal with haven't had to deal with that knock and mm-hmm. wood they hope you don't have to deal with that between now and the end of the season because uh, Tampa's still within striking distance and I think for both goalies maybe this competition will get will bring out the best of them it certainly brought the best out of Samson like he's looked his best in a, in a really long time so
0: arguably I, his entire career
1: yeah, I was saying the entire career. Like, if I don't know if I've ever seen him look this good when he was in Washington, because you know I don't think he's ever seen this opportunity to really just be that comfortable. And you know, the Leafs have given him every opportunity now to resurrect his career, and he's taken advantage of it.
0: One hundred percent. He's had a nine thirteen or better save percentage in each and every month this season. The league average is like nine oh four. Now, like, so he's been well above average. And if you look at their team statistics from a goaltending perspective at five on five um, in terms of save percentage, they've got a 923 save percentage, which is good for sixth in the entire NHL. You look at high danger save percentage, which was something that they were awful in last year. One of the worst when you look at both Mrazek and mainly Jack Campbell, who had like literally the worst high danger save percentage in the league they're second in the NHL with an 875 trailing only only the Boston Bruins in, uh, in that category. And then we look at goals against per 60, not expected, but actual goals allowed um, 2.15 goals against per 60 at five on five, which is fourth in the national hockey league. Um, And that is about four tenths of a goal less than expected. So, they're performing above expectation, which means they're performing above league average, which is exactly what we're talking about and exactly what the goaltending um, kind of needs to, to be for Toronto. And And they're giving it to them, whether, again, it's Samsonov, whether it's Murray, Wall, Shogren, whomever it may be. Um, we'll see who starts in this game against the Islanders. But if there's one thing that I do know is, is I think I got confidence in whoever does go. Can give you a pretty good uh, give you a pretty good showing against a team that doesn't score a whole lot of goals anyway. Why don't we take one more quick break, Dave? We'll come back and we'll kind of tee up that game uh, Islanders and Leafs tonight down on Long Island. But before uh, we get into all that, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors, and that's our good friends over at Built Bar. You're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories. You've got to try a Built Bar. Uh, we just got through the holidays. I know that my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. And if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think that they're good for you. They're perfect for that New Year's resolution. What makes Built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate that come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, which is my personal favorite, coconut almond, so many great ones. I'm, I'm really not sure how Bill does it, but all these bars taste like they're candy bars while maintaining amazing macros. Uh, only 130 cows 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get yourself a box of Built Bars for years. We've been talking about ordering them online at Bill.com. You can still do that. But you can also now get them at your local Walmart or your Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk into the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick it up at four box cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, whichever flavor you want to enjoy. Uh, So remember to do that. Or, again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15, and you'll get 15% off your next order at Built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiCefano and Dave Morisuti. We got a game tonight, Leafs and Islanders. Uh, it's the first game that I I will be watching from start to finish since March 5th, I think. They had like a Saturday, yeah, March fifth, I believe, is the last time that I actually watched a game from start to finish, Dave. So uh, I'm stoked. I'm excited for it tonight. It's 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 a pretty important game for the Islanders too. So you got to think that they'll be going all out. Like at this point, every point's uh, really important for them as they battle for a playoff spot. Um, you know, they got the, the the Panthers right on their heels. You know, they're battling with Pittsburgh. For that final uh, final wild card spot or the final two spots rather, um, so this is going to be a big one for for the Islanders and obviously Toronto looking to continue their you know winning ways and, and try and get themselves home ice advantage and uh, Samsonov likely to start unless you know baby comes ahead uh, gets a road start. So, um, you know, they're going to want to play well for him to try and get his confidence high while uh, playing on the road because, as we know, those road splits have been a little wonky all season long. Uh, So him getting a road start is also very important. So what do you expect out of tonight's game?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be a slow game. Uh, I think, you know, you look at the Islanders play. They're not exactly lighting things up offensively, and the Leafs haven't. It's funny, like the Leafs have had their moments offensively, but because of all the line juggling, all the all the things that they've been doing, it's been a little tough offensively for uh, for this Leafs team. And so, I'm wondering if what type of if that continues. Um, I feels like they're better scoring on the road than they have been at home too, which is a con- interesting trend for for the Leafs here. But right now, the Islanders they coming back from that West Coast, that California swing. So, and the I mean, right now you got the they're uh, they're in a three way battle right now for that uh, wild card spot. I know uh, they're they're technically owning the top spot, but Florida's right there, Pittsburgh's right there. They got a lot to play for. It's gonna be a, the Leafs have had to play a lot of teams who are kind of, I wouldn't say desperate, but there's like a bit more of an urgency to what's on the line for them. Ottawa, you know, they're trying to stay alive. You looked at Colorado, they're they're trying to make sure that they don't fall down in the in the standings there. So it's gonna be a very interesting game. There's a lot. Of, it, it, there's I know some people are gonna say it's a random Leafs Islanders is not a whole. A lot of juicy storylines. I still think there's gonna it's gonna be a very interesting battle.
0: Well, I mean, you've got, you know, a pretty important player playing his former team.
1: Uh yes. Mike's uh Mike Mike is Mike's gonna shed a tear when he sees Pierre Engval skate down that skate down like he normally does.
0: How is Pierre Engval the first player you think about when I say that? You've got John Tavares, who used to be the captain <laughs> of that organization. Wow.
1: Yes, I know. Yeah, I was trying Pierre, to bring. I was Engvall. trying to keep your feelings. I was trying to keep your feelings in mind here. You know, know,
0: you knew I was talking about Pierre Engvall, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, like Engvall, it's gonna be an opportunity, I guess, for for him to show up. And and typically, we do see the old revenge game, revenge goal come through from mm-hmm. former Maple Leafs. So he's gonna be an interesting player that that I'll be keeping an eye on tonight and. You know, not that I'm rooting for him to to score against the Maple Leafs, but what I will say is if he does happen to score and he has a really good game and he's generating a lot of chances and he's, you know, playing with an active stick and he's, you know, doing the things that I've always talked glowingly about in his game, the details, uh, and and helps him get a win, I'm going to talk about it the next day. You better damn believe I'll be talking about it the next day. But, uh, yeah, so Pierre Engvall uh that that's obviously a storyline that we're going to be watching you know the way that he looks against his former team he'll have some money on the board in that game um and then you know is it played out now the the John Tavares returning to the island like does he still get booze for you know the first like the whole game like I don't think it's the whole game anymore I think maybe like when they first announced him he gets some booze I don't think it's nearly what it was a couple of years ago though
1: no, I don't think so. Like, it, it still stings. I, I no doubt it probably still stings with a lot of the uh, fans there. But yeah, it's it's never going to be to that point where they're throwing those toy stuffed snakes or whatever that was in his first game back. Like, I think that sort of idea has worn off. I mean, it's not like the like the Islanders have been, you know, in the playoffs since he's left. It's not like the team has completely gone down the gutter since he's left so i think that that's, that's kind of helped soften the blow a little bit but yeah i expect booze anyways in this game and um you know i hope john tavares also continues to play well against his former team because he's he's had some big games against uh the islanders lately too
0: yeah he certainly has so he, he'll look to have a good game um one of the interesting quotes coming out of practice another storyline that i guess we'll be following in uh in the Ford. Hemisphere, I suppose we'll, we'll call it, of this team. Like we've talked about the goaltending, we've talked about the blue line, we haven't talked about, you know, what to expect up front from the Maple Leafs yet, uh, you know, for tonight's game. But, um, there's an interesting comment from Sheldon Keith about William Nylander, uh, and, and basically just saying how he, he hasn't quite gotten, um, he hasn't looked the way that he did in the past. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually. Find the quote, and I'm going to pull it up so I don't misquote him. But essentially, he says he's he's looking for more out of him. Essentially, like again, you're someone who's been watching these games more closely the last little bit. Is his, is his play really kind of dipped here the last few games, Dave?
1: Um, it's funny because yeah, he hasn't been that you know dominant, Nylander. I would say where he's controlling play and he's playing with you know with pace. Like he had a really nice goal against the Sabers uh, that put gave the Leafs a chance to maybe come back in that game, and I'm like, okay, that's the Willie that shows up in those big moments. But it's been kind of, you know, hasn't been there consistently enough. He hasn't looked that great in terms of you know offensively just getting putting himself in those like danger areas to go and get those chances. His shot hasn't really been there either. Um, I know he's playing right now with Sam Lafferty, so like he's he's not playing with you know great offensive, offensively talented players, but at the same time, you know he's he, he needs to be challenged. I think this is what it's coming down to is, um, the, the, Sheldon Keefe is seeing that decline, and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, this isn't happening. Like, we need to get this guy going." And I think I think that's good that Sheldon Keith recognizes it and is cognizant of it and not just lazily saying all right we're gonna put this guy back with matthews it's like no we're gonna we're gonna keep him on that third line and we're gonna he's gonna have to work his way out of it and i think i like that from shelton
0: he he wants him to drive the line right he wants him to have the puck as much as possible and have the the play drive through him so he'll be on the line again with lafferty and, and bobby mcmahon um, if it remains the way it was at practice, which I assume it will. Um Bunting, Tavares, and Marner remain together, and then Kerfoot, Matthews, and Callie Yarncrock also will be together with the fourth line being Zach Asenry's camp and uh, Achari getting back into the mix, which means yeah, we might might not see uh, an 11-7 situation, um, but we'll see what happens there when it comes to, to the lineup. But Back to the uh, the, the Neilander quote, I do have it here. Sheldon Keefe says so he's not seeing enough from him. Says quote, "There's a lot more perimeter, a lot more getting rid of the puck. I want him to hang on to it. I want him to challenge. I want to see him. Uh, I want him to be on the attack, and I want to see lots of pace. That's when he's at his best. Uh, and then Keefe, I'm putting Neilander with Lafferty and McMahon, playing him with more uh, with playing him more with guys who are going to skate and move their feet. Uh, he can." There's a spelling error. I think it's supposed to say so that he can be the guy that really drives things. That's the idea. So, um, yeah. So that's that's uh, Keith's philosophy on that line, and you know his theory on on needing to get more out of William Nealander. And it seems like once a quarter he gets a little kick in the ass from Sheldon Keefe. And you know Nealander's told us before that he he kind of likes that little wake up call. And this is one for him. Another interesting quote, I suppose, that was also kind of came out of practice today in reference to the lineup is the fact that he's putting Marner and Tavares back together strictly because he's not liking what he's seeing out of John Tavares in terms of a lack of offensive production. The guy's got no shots at five on five in his last three games and just two in his last five games at five on five. So i um, putting Marner back with him, trying to get his confidence back and try and give him an, a, a spark as well for the final stretch. Um, and that's what the forward lines will shake out as. So, uh, you know, there's like I said, 13 games to go and still a lot to figure out. Um, I don't know if I don't know whether i'm I'm concerned by the fact that we still don't have things figured out yet or if I feel like once O'Reilly comes back, things will kind of fall into place pretty quickly. Uh, I'm still wrestling with how I feel about it, I suppose. Um, but I'm assuming we'll find out soon, Dave, the answers to those questions no.
1: Yeah, I do think so. Um, they don't have a lot of game as you mentioned, they don't have a lot of games left. They gotta I know Sheldon Keith likes to experiment, but eventually and I was listening, I think it was uh, it was Justin Bourne that said this. He's like, You can experiment, but at some point you gotta get the full meal together, you gotta get the meal together, you gotta start cooking, right? You can't just throw whatever you want together and hope it sticks. At some point you yeah. gotta stick with something because the playoffs comes around. You don't want guys to be out of sync because you're not yeah. nothing is solidified for the for the lineup, especially.
0: Yeah, I, I talked about it with Mike Johnson on on Leafs lunch today and on my show. And I said, at what points do you want to see that that, you know, playoff roster, that lineup that, you know, that can gain chemistry together? And he essentially said, I mean, when does Ryan O'Reilly get back? Like you have until Riley gets back to kind of still tinker with things because, you know, that's a big hole in the middle of your lineup. But once he gets back in the final few games there, final five, six games, then it's go time, right? So uh, that first week of April, I think, is kind of when we're expecting him first or second week of April. So uh, for the final five, six games of the season, that is, I guess, really when he should settle things in and we should get a much better understanding of, how he views this lineup um, come game one against the 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 Tampa Bay Lightnings. So we know it's gonna be them. We don't know exactly where it's going to be played as of now. it's it's likely to be in Toronto, but uh, you know they still gotta win some games here to ensure that happens, and they can try and uh, try and keep going on that path tonight when they take on the New York Islanders Puck job will be at seven thirty. so a seven thirty start on the island. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the lockdown on these podcasts, um, and receive daily Maple Leafs content Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck follow Dave at D underscore Morasuti. Uh, make sure that you also, um, subscribe to us on YouTube. If you haven't already leave a like and a comment down below as well. We're back with another episode tomorrow. We will, uh, I guess hope that there's a nice victory to chat about, but we'll definitely dissect the game tomorrow night against the New York Islanders uh, and get back to you guys after that one. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stripe Bank N.A. members of DIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer.